Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everybody, welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. And sadly, we've got uh, uh, an excuse for this evening uh, from Tony Scott, who's still busy celebrating uh, Kevin Morales' exit, <laughs> so can't be with us today. So, but we have got uh, Gavin Buckland and uh, Chris Beasley, and uh, lots to go at today. I mean, um, the AGM obviously took place a couple of days ago, Chris was there for that, and we'll, uh, we'll cover that. We're at Wembley tomorrow, we'll discuss that, uh, but not really breaking news, but you know, so confirmation in the last hour or so that Everson are trying to bring Theo Walcott in uh, in the January transfer window. Just wonder what your thoughts were on that as a potential signing. Well, I think we discussed this earlier on the week when it was a bit, bit less clear cut. You know, I'd, I'd be fairly acceptable, accepting of that. Um, the only sort of caveat I put on that is where would you play him? Yeah. I'd have that's absolutely that's no qualms whatsoever. Um, yeah. I've liked him for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he adds qualities that we haven't already got, i.e. pace. Goals return is decent. Not brilliant, but decent. And I know Sam said he's only 28. I mean, he's 29 in a couple of weeks. But so what? You know, he's still uh, got a good few years ahead of him. I'd play him either left or right, whichever side Yannick Balassi doesn't play, yeah. uh, with Gilfie Sigurdsson in the middle. Yeah. Chris, would you play him yeah. down the middle? I wouldn't play him, no, I wouldn't play him down the middle. Um, we've said um, earlier in the week, um, Gilfie um, Sigerson needs to be played at number yeah. 10, and obviously uh, Genk Tosin, you'd expect, is going to be the main centre-forward. So I think he'll have to make do with a, a role on the wings, if that's the case. Sam's very keen and was down at Finch Farm this morning, and he had no qualms at all about speaking about Theo Walcott. He was positively in, encouraging. He says, what, what, have we, what have we got to hide? It's either ourselves or Southampton yeah. who are in there, he was saying. So... He, he's very keen um, he didn't think that um, the player moving up north would be an issue because this is a player he's a London player he previously you know he started his career at Southampton he could go back there now he says players come from all around the world playing the Premier League he says somebody going up up the road as it were to um, to Merseyside wasn't be a problem so you know he was re- he was remaining cautious in whether Everton would get the player but he, he's certainly very keen I know he's another another wide player and we have a few there and I saw Michael Ball tweeting this morning uh, raising an eyebrow saying he He's concerned that might stunt the progress of Adam Ola Luckman. Uh, but football's a, a harsh, unforgiving business. And, you know, if Walcott is already doing it, it's up for Luckman to take his opportunity when he gets them. I thought he was bright when he came on at Anfield. But, you know, we need to see more 90-minute performances from him. And he's a very, very young boy, you know, who will get opportunities. and will get from anything else. Similar backgrounds. Yeah. You know, both played in London and stuff. Um, you would expect them to, to learn from him, really. Yeah. 
And we just need bodies. <laughs> it sounds tough, but we just need bodies in, in U- usable in, bodies. Because actually, yeah. what he said, which was also very interesting, I thought he was asked about potential departures, and he said there's a number of players that aren't happy because they're not just not playing. They're not even in senior squads at the moment. And if we get acceptable offers, they'll be allowed to leave. So the first thing we did is look at the record books and see who hasn't been in squads recently. And it's no great surprise. Davy Klassen, who's just been nowhere for like about three months now. Sandro Ramirez, uh, Mo Besic, yeah. obvious ones. Vlasic and Luckman, to a lesser degree, I still think they will be... That's their age, Exactly, yeah, no, yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. they will be kept hold of. Uh, but I think those aforementioned first three, I think if offers were made, I think we would see them leaving. And... Would we miss him? Is it too soon to make a call on Klassen and Luck? Well, uh, and Ramirez. I think Klassen certainly in the. We might said this earlier on this week, and we were talking about Klassen in particular about that. You know, it's not a done deal. But if you looked at like where we are in the table and some of the fixtures, I know perhaps still a little bit worrying. But if you assume that I'm going to stay up this year, do you use the remaining what is the 15 games left, 16 games to, to sort of experiment and have a look at look at a few players? And Ooh, that. Good question. And in that basis, I shouldn't have said it was me. I should have said it was me. There really <laughs> is in that question. Wouldn't you give class and bear in mind be paid a significant investment, 25 yeah. million quid plus wages plus you don't yeah. know what other stuff there is on the periphery. Wouldn't you at least give him some game time between now and the end of the season to say, listen, here's five or six games, show us what you can do? Possibly. I, I was thinking to get this myself the other night, that, you know, what does the season have in store now that the FA Cup's gone? And we're still in a position where seventh is very easily attainable. And that was enough for Europa League qualification. So, you know, depending on who wins what in the end of the season, if City clean up everything and the places start, you know, sort of, you know, falling down the league, who knows? So I don't think you can afford to experiment too much. I think you need to... Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't say that, but, but like, like now, but yeah. certain players, I think, deserve looking at, and I still think Klassen deserves looking at. And do the thing as well... Do we want Europa League next season, by the way? Yes, 100%. Okay, okay. Yes. Well, I do. I don't know about yeah, you, yeah. so you do. Yes. The, 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 man, the manager didn't say he didn't want it, and I'm sure he would never say that, but t- today he was speaking about the problems of getting in that Europa League, certainly when you're not an established European outfit. He does think it's had a detrimental effect um, this season. It says your body gets used to it, your mind gets used to it when you're one of yeah. these Champions League regulars. But he certainly thinks it um, it was problematic this season. He said it happened the same when he was at Bolton. So yeah. he's ne- you're never going to get a public declaration. I I, I do um, I agree with Dave. You've got to be aspiring to do that. You've hasn't got done to be, severe any harm, has it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but maybe that's yeah. because they're used to it. But yeah. no, it's just far had touched on that, didn't you yeah. think? But going back to Klassen is. Would we want to give him some significant game time now at the end of the year, given the amount of money we spent? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to know, maybe either of you two can answer me this question. What does he do? He doesn't go past players. He doesn't have shots on targets. He doesn't dictate play. To me, when I first saw him, it looks like he, he moves the ball on very, very quickly because maybe he's concerned about the physicality of the Premier League. Maybe that's just the way he plays. He's a continuity player. But I've just not seen enough from him to suggest that, yes, I would give him more time. I mean, that description of Klassen could be given to one or two players who currently got in that area of the pitch at the moment, maybe, you know, maybe. to be fair. I just I just think it's only, I feel uneasy about yeah. I, I, th- I think it would be sad if he went back in January to Ajax, say, yeah. for 18 million quid or whatever. Yeah. It would be sad I think if Everton are lucky with that. Yeah, 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 I, just, yeah, yeah, I fear yeah. this is just going to end badly. Yeah. In that, yeah. um, He's a player, he's Ajax captain, came, like you say, a considerable fee. I think 
he's had quite a few chances already. Um, and like Dave says, doesn't seem to offer anything in particular. In a way, he reminds me of, uh, I know um, Dave used an older example, Stefan Wren, but yeah. more, more <laughs> con- <laughs> contemporary, <laughs> perhaps a more contemporary uh, one would for me be Simon Davis when he yeah, came from yeah, Tottenham. Yeah, um, yeah. He had a certain reputation down there, but he didn't seem particularly quick, particularly strong, particularly yeah. tricky. Nothing really about him to, that you could pin down and like you said he has been given opportunities how many does he need Sam said today he was speaking um, to the club TV today and he, he was asked about players who weren't in the team he said you only get one chance at this at this level now so people who aren't playing they've got to keep themselves fit get to be ready if there are injuries or suspensions but when they do get a chance they have got to take it straight away the, the, the player I'd be more concerned about losing quickly and early Abisanjo, uh, because he's a striker and because, yeah. you know, they can take a little bit of time to settle. I don't think he ever will. And it reminds me to a certain degree of the experience. The other shower had across the park with Iego uh, Aspas, who, uh, you know, looked like an absolute, you know, disaster from start to finish. That was Anfield when he scored his only goal for them, I think against Oldham. Yeah. And um, goes back to Spain and suddenly, you know, he's an international, he's scoring goals against England, you know, and he's looking a player. Sometimes it just doesn't happen for certain players in certain leagues, and I fear that might be the case with Sanjay. At certain age as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a fair point. There's a, there's a there's a theory actually from our Echo colleague um, Christian Walsh, and he's talking about the physicality of the Premier League, also the Dutch players and Spanish players to a certain extent that we're talking about here. He said because there's so many big units, so many huge athletes now in the Premier League, that Dutch players are almost getting. Um, left behind unless they are a Virgil van Dijk a, a huge physical specimen yeah. themselves these players who are based on their technical ability and are very technically sound maybe aren't so um, used to what we've got now in the Premier League and then the Spanish are finding out that to a certain extent as well and maybe that, that's a problem also with, with the Dutch coaches possibly with Koeman well, there's a load of Dutch coaches who failed haven't they yeah. you know, and maybe it's just that's one of the reasons is Dutch football full stop at all levels is incompatible well with yeah it. the international team's fallen yeah, off yeah. a cliff over yeah. the last like five or six I mean, years you, you can mention Bergkamp was a, but that's like 20 odd years ago yeah. and the game Gone is back, completely yeah. different yeah. isn't it really and there does appear to be that as I say incompatibility between yeah. Dutch football and, and Premier League football and Spanish to a degree you've got Silver Avenue near there's been an incompatibility with Everton and Dutchman if you think about it um, <laughs> for a different large yeah Hansen was yeah. okay he had no, no yeah. great problems there yeah. but Van der Meijer was a yeah. Drenfe oh dear no. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's John Lyon alright we'll move on to uh, the AGM so not the AGM I'm sort of quite picky about that the general meeting yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's not an AGM because they're not obliged to hold them every year even though they do uh, so it's, it's a general meeting and by all accounts very very entertaining I mean you were there Chris and it sounded yeah. like panto season didn't it it, was, um, it, it ended up with um, Bill Kenwright wrapping things up saying I'm, um, I'm sure many of you have heard things to make your jaw drop tonight I certainly have and that's coming from the <laughs> club chairman um, <laughs> Sam Allardyce himself said he'd not been to one for many years but it was by far and away the most entertaining and indeed indeed, the only one he's ever, he's ever enjoyed he said I've had some, some really tough questions and these kind of things before now but he really enjoyed his night and you couldn't believe what you were hearing at some points when the uh, the infamous remark about Lukaku came out from the, the major shareholder. I, I did a double take. I wasn't yeah. sure I heard right. That's, that, I mean, I know everything was light-hearted until that moment. And obviously that is something that Farhad, I think, uh, in hindsight, will look back and wish he hadn't said. Yeah. Um, I met him actually earlier in the day and in a very off-the-record environment. And, uh, and he was very engaging and you know, very open 
probably said some things that you know so you shouldn't have done but they will never be made public i think he was in a public environment there and you know there were things that you know clearly he should never have said that in a public environment and i hope we well, should never said it full stop uh, and i hope that you know an apology will suffice because yeah there's only so far that you can go you know so with, with people actually you know so sort of listening on but the actual messages that came from the uh, from the, the meeting I think were largely positive. I suppose the major one was the uh, the stadium, what it will actually cost Everton, yeah. how it's going to be funded. Seems to be upsetting a lot of people in the city. You know, so notably, you know, so Liverpool supporters that are concerned that public money should be spent on, uh, you know, supporting what is effectively a private enterprise. Obviously, we'll all have a different view on that yeah. because the city benefits twelve thousand jobs created, a, a, re, a rundown area, the city being regenerated. Something's going to be a huge positive for the city, yeah. Uh, and seven million quid a year in interest, you know, so for the council, twenty-five years. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't see an issue there, but you can understand, you know, so some concerns. The big story is the cost. I mean, it, yeah. it's yeah. considerable, isn't it? You know, for a, for a new stadium. Yeah, judging by my timeline on my Twitter account last week, <laughs> I was saying last week about you know the size. I, I still think forty-five to fifty is well big enough. Um, what capacity? But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when you look at our Support compared to the London clubs who've moved ground, yeah. Arsenal and Spurs, or will move ground, and even West Ham. You've got fifty thousand season tickets and fifty thousand on the waiting list, uh, and their moves completely different because they didn't have to buy the ground. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting that City. It's, what is quite surprising is that Manchester City, for all their their, their glory of being the best team in the Premier League, probably the best in Europe, Guardiola. Is their their number of season ticket holders is only just slightly greater than Evan, mm. and their number on their waiting list is only just slightly greater than Evan. Yeah. Which, which, and what that shows, of course, is this massive gap that everybody knows you've got in, in 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 football now between the north and south, or in particular London and the rest of the country. Sure. And you know, so when I'm saying Evan are smaller than London clubs, not saying oh, Evan are small clubs, are saying we are similar to Manchester City. Um, in terms of our sport, they are obviously a little bit more, shall we say, advanced in terms of like expanding their fan base because of the fact of you know the money they've got and the players they spend the money on. So, I, I still think in that environment that you know forty-five to fifty is is, is fine, um, and especially given the light of the the cost comments yeah. at, at the at the, uh, <coughs> the ADM. So, no, City a difference, I, I think, in many respects because of the. Yo-yo nature prior, you know, to the you know the Sheikh's money coming in, they you know they were down in the third tier of English football only what yeah. 10, 15 years ago, and as a result, you know, attendances did fluctuate. Now I've always had huge respect for City fans oh, yeah, because yeah. they retained that fan base, uh, you know, when they were in the third tier, second tier. Unlike Newcastle United, who claim that they're a huge football club, yeah. and yes, you know, I was up there with Tranmere Rovers uh, when they were in the Championship in front of seventeen thousand, eighteen thousand. City fans have always had a significant fan base, but those peaks and troughs possibly are why you know they now you know find it a struggle to you know get these absolutely mega attendances. I just think Everton. I'm not saying it should be you know sixty thousand, sixty-five thousand. I think that is too much, but I think if you go any less than fifty thousand. I think you're shooting yourself in the foot. You know, you 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 don't know what's going to happen. Forty-five down the line. to fifty. I mean, yeah. what you could do is a bit. It's a bit like Spurs done, isn't it? Spurs was original plan was fifty-five, wasn't it? For right. the for, for White Hart Lane. And what happened is, because that generated so much interest uh, yeah. through supporters, they then made the decision to move it to sixty-two. Right. 
So during the course of the planning and construction process, and so there's a case for Evan, you know, and for the reason I'll come to in a minute is that for you could start off mid forties, and then if that you know as momentum builds, moving to ground, and people start showing more of an interest, well, actually we can justify moving a bit high, something like Spurs did. But as it stands at the moment, is to me. Anything that does, it, it goes against the rules of, of the size of Premier League grounds. Every every Premier League ground is full because there's more supporters want to see the home games than actually that each ground can 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 satisfy. And us going higher than say forty five, that breaks that rule at the moment. We'd have to do some work in the interim. But we are doing that work yeah, and we are moving in the right direction. I mean, I carried that piece uh, yeah. from Richard Kenyon last week about the science behind uh, Everson's season ticket campaigns. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, last season was the first time in history, possibly in the history of the football club, that every single home game was a sellout. You know, all the home sections was a sellout. And it seems to be a grown and grown. Now, if that continues to go in that direction, who's to say they couldn't have that's, what, that's what I mean, but we've got to make it go in that direction. Yeah. You know, other, other clubs... And that's not dependent that. on what happens on the pitch either. No, you know, no, last season was mediocre. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get that. And uh, is what, my, what my point is, is that if when you have a look at Arsenal and Tottenham and other clubs, is what we'd be doing if we went to, say, 50, we would be going yeah. against the sort of industry standard yeah. as we stand at the moment. And it's up to us, therefore, to work, you know, club the club, etc., to, to build it up. Yeah. And and that can line a lot of things. City got lucky, didn't they? They had a sturdy presence to them. And then they had seven thousand empty seats at City yeah. before the the money came in in the late two thousands. So I just think there's a lot of work to be done before we can say we can build build a fifty. Yeah. yeah. Um, yourself. Um, and also as well within that is we talked about touched upon this before we came on is. And this is one of the things that was, you know, comments I was getting last week is the scale of, of clubs' ambition is no longer the size of their ground, is it? Mm-hmm. That's not, not because gate receipts are such a relatively small proportion of their, their income now. Evans, Evans is yeah. less than ten percent. Yeah. You know, ambition in a club now is, you know, getting the broadcasting revenue, you know, build, you know, buying players for big money, expanding your commercial operations, expanding your global footprint. That's where all the money is. Where the money a sort of you know flattened out is you get your seats and which are becoming more and more more of the time a, a small proportion of a club's income so in in that in that environment you know and this is when the costs come into it when talking about the ATM we don't want to over unnecessarily overstretch ourselves on the yeah. on the fi- on the finance on the ground because ultimately the payback on it is always going to be very limited yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's a very, very complex algorithm. And for me, you know, the football ground, it, it's, it's the home. You know, it's yeah, where yeah. people go to, to worship their football clubs. It's got to be the best Emerson can afford. And, you know, historically, attendances do change. I mean, we both remember, you know, 57,000, 58,000. Yeah. You know, it's not that long ago. And things could feasibly move in that direction. You know, Liverpool as a city, as a population, is not as big as it was then. No, that's the problem. But isn't it? football fans travel now; they they yeah. come from all over the country to watch yeah. football teams. So it depends on how successful the club is. That's, that's the bottom line. And that was the one thing that Fahad Mashida was talking about to me that he's got to bring success to Everton. He wants a trophy desperately, and you know that will then encourage more fans to come. Bottom line is, you know, win matches. Yeah, I, I, I going by the data that's available today. 
is it all points to something between 45 and 50 compared to what the industry standard is like yeah. what other clubs do but we can still get to 50 if the club as a whole works with the, the fan base whatever to build generate interest in the new ground um, how do you think Christian yeah. I would imagine given that the chairman was asked directly about this after the uh, the general meeting and he used the figure he said for himself it would have to be at least 55 so if he's coming at least, out at yeah. least 55 yeah. so if he's coming out and saying that publicly I would imagine it will be at least fifty-five thousand yeah. would be the plan. Um, what we what we don't want to be seeing is empty seats, like we like we've said. There, it's been very important to them to have um, that atmosphere. They had the the video. Well, it wasn't video link, wasn't live, but the video with Dan um, Meese, as I believe we now call him, right. over in, in New York City, and he was speaking very candidly about um, the. The, the projects and his enthusiasm for him, what what he described as a a, um, a career um, defining um, project mm-hmm. for him, and speaking about make, creating something that is unique in modern football stadia, um, having the fans almost on top of you, that Goodison kind of feel. So the last thing they want is um, huge um, swells of um, empty seats. But the, yeah. the chairman has used that figure of fifty five, so I imagine that would yeah. be because um, that's what say that's what other clubs do at the moment in mm-hmm. existing grounds, like uh, across the park, and that's what clubs that remove to new grounds. They remove the risk yeah, yeah. and the size of the stadium of having empty seats. That's what they do, and that's what we need to do. Well, go on, we're talking about stadia, and we're going to you know the national stadium tomorrow, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, you know, which is their home for this season. I don't know how you feel about that. It appalls me that you know, so a club is playing at our national stadium in their home games, and it's been moving in that direction, you know, since semi-finals were staged there, and Lord knows how many other games. Are you excited about the prospect of seeing Everton play at Wembley, or does it disappoint you? It's an age thing, this, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, well, like, the wrong yeah, side yeah. of the yeah, excitement yeah, yeah. divide. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's that many games played at Wembley now, it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. But I think there's an old... Again, we talk about stadiums. It was special at yeah. Wembley. It was special it's it why, why, why does Tottenham play Wembley? Why do England play all the internationals at Wembley? Why does all yeah. the FA Cup semi-finals play at Wembley? Guess what? To pay for the ground. Because yeah. the, the FA... Yeah. Oversets themselves, and yeah. they're paying 787 million quid yeah. for it. So, in the end, they have to try and find ways of trying yeah. to pay for it. Um, and you know, we need to make note of that when uh, uh, we build our ground. So, don't have Club Goodison seats Could in the Club middle of an always empty until 20 minutes yeah, after yeah, the second yeah. half. But you know, yeah. but, you know, and that's where the link is to what I was just saying before. I, I don't like it, I think Wembley should be used. Know, once or twice a year for yeah. club games is the FA Cup final but it's only going to be a temporary thing isn't it the Spurs well, yeah. well it is for, for Tottenham but I was reading this week uh, about Chelsea's Chelsea might want to do plans yeah. 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 they wanted to build a, a obviously rebuild on the same site at Stamford Bridge but completely rebuild the stadium and they've they've hit problems because there's a family live uh, nearby in a, a luxury house and uh, they're complaining that it could block the light. This oh, like a modern day Macy's So, but uh, either way, even if it gets yeah. the go ahead, you're talking about maybe at least four years or, not, or more for Chelsea to be moving away from Stamford Bridge. So Tottenham might be the lesser of two evils in that oh. this is only for one season. Chelsea might end up playing at Wembley for four years or more. Um, right, yeah. Again, like I say, it's all down to money. I don't like the semi-final things. Um, yeah. Again, that was just money. I think it started. Was it when we had? Tottenham Arsenal yeah. and Sheffield United Sheffield Wednesday yeah. so they decided to do that in the early 90s yeah you know when you talk about the decline of the FA Cup yeah 
that's the day and mm. the time when it started when Arsenal played Spurs at Wembley in the 91 yeah. semi-final that's when up until then the FA Cup had been the same every year yeah. the same games played at the same ground as soon as Tottenham played Arsenal yeah. then it opened the floodgates then to a whole host of changes in the FA yeah. Cup and that's why it's become the competition it is now there's, there's also an argument could be Man United going playing in that World Club thing in 2000 but it's all everything yeah. since then yeah, that's since, happened yeah. since 91 has been to, to the ne- you know, ne- as a negative effect on the cup you know? yeah but I agree about about Wembley, um, I think England should be playing all around the country in different right. um, club grounds. Um, I shouldn't have semi-finals there. That's kind of, except to a point, and pragmatic about Tottenham being there. But it's, it's far from ideal. Like I said, it should be kept special. But what were the alternatives? Possibly they could have gone to Stamford Bridge. I don't know how they would have. But felt he tried, he tried to buy Upton Park, didn't he? Yeah. Well, the fact that the game is at Wembley, you know, yeah. lends us to this like you know curiosity uh, of an Everton player making his debut yeah, at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. And I know there's only been a handful of uh, previous ones. Uh, Paul Bracewell, I believe, was the first in '84, followed by Gary Lineker the following year. Go on, name the three in '86. I've read your article, oh, so I'm going to. Yeah, all right, Paul Power, it. Kevin Langley, and obviously Neil Adams, which was the great one because Howard Candler. I remember him telling us with absolute glee how he became the first substitute substituted at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. Sent him on on the charity shield to do a specific job. He wasn't following orders, and so 20 minutes later, hauled him off for Paul Wilkinson. And he says he can still remember the look on poor, confused Neil Adams's face as he's looking at the board, trying to look at the number on his own back to see he can't mean me. Yeah. And he did. He, he, he was dragged off. But Cheng Tosin is going to make his debut well we presume he's going to make his, uh, his debut at Wembley tomorrow um, he's trained all week so there's no reason why he shouldn't and he should make a difference shouldn't he you know Galvin Lewin's done great but you know this is a guy with a, a good track record and how, how old is he is he 26 yes that's the right bank on age he should be buying players gives you know? the impression yeah. of being confident as well yeah. I don't think if anything seems to phase him yeah, it, was, it was interesting to see though um, we said this in the pod last week Chris, I'm not sure whether you were there and we alluded to it on, on Monday. Sam was saying today about our creativity should be better, shouldn't it, in, yeah. the, in the final third. Yes. And, and there's, you know where my money's going tomorrow? Go Tosin to score from a header. Do you think so? I don't know what the score's going to be, but Sigurdsson's <laughs> delivery from set pieces has been good this season. Yeah. And the only time I've taken advantage of it is when Ashley Williams has got on the end of a couple... Tosin can head the ball well according to the YouTube clips I've seen he can yeah, yeah. and I just think you know finally somebody might be able to profit from that dead ball delivery yeah. so you can hear it here first <laughs> <laughs> well we had um, a glowing report from um, a Turkish journalist who knew, knew him well this week yeah. um, got the inside track on on um, Tosin and he, he was saying he compared him to a, a smartphone that can uh, <laughs> up, um, update itself um, great line um, he felt that he's ready for the Premier League. You know, he's done the business in um, Turkey. I think there was even a little um, pop at um, Lukaku in there saying that players from the Turkish League don't go to pool parties. So, <laughs> right. so he's got the right mentality to uh, to succeed in English football. And um, manager himself admits, you know, there's always um, risks bringing in players from overseas, particularly mid-season. And he, he's been quite wary about that. But he feels he has all the, the attributes, all the tools um, necessary to be a success. Yeah, I mean, our record with January transfers has been mixed. I think it's fair James Beattie came in in January, didn't he? Yeah. Yalovic came in and in January. Okay. Yalovic was spectacular success yeah. in January. 
And then um, the ass was, well, he came in and didn't play, did he? He didn't get fit till about April. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's mixed. But, you know, I think if we can take a Jelovic-type reaction, that yeah. would be really... Did Jelovic score his first half and goal against? Did Tottenham, was it? Tottenham, yeah. yeah. So did yeah. Gary Lineker. So it's in uh, oh, gosh. Company, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the company there. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's something that we haven't had this season. You know, a bit of focal point, a bit of presence. I said while we're still on, and you're probably there, Brian McBride did on his debut, didn't Of course, yeah. 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 Another good centre-forward, yeah. 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 I think they were going off-subject. That was Moyes' regret, wasn't it? Was not buying him, wasn't it? Buying him permanently, went to Fulham, didn't he? Did all right there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I I think it'd be interesting to see how the dynamic changes, whether, whether, this is no disrespect to Carver Loon, whether he makes our creativity look better than what it has done. Yeah, just attacking crosses, yeah, a bit more like experience, that, yeah. a bit more yeah. intuition. Yeah. 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 Calvert Lewin's movement's okay, but it tends yeah. to be chasing down the channels. Yeah. Whereas you want something a bit cuter, don't you? Someone to you know pull off defenders and hold the ball up a little yeah. bit better. Which Calvert Lewin's learning. I like Calvert Lewin an awful lot, and I hope that we're still going to see a lot more of him, and, and we will. But you know he's still learning. Whereas Tosin, he's a Turkish international, he's experienced. You know he's seen plenty of football, yeah. so you know hopefully he will make a difference. Good time to face Tottenham, do you think? Or, you know, the... Uh, well, they... the, the record at Wembley's patchy, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, yeah. last year at White Hart Lane, I think they won 17 and drew two. This yeah. year at Wembley, they've only won just over half their games, haven't Oh, they were almost unbeatable at White Hart Lane. Yeah, and, and they struggled to break down defences, haven't they? So, um, but they are on a good run, aren't they? I think they won five and drew one of the last seven yeah. Premier League games. So Sam Allardyce today, yes, at, um, Harry Kane. Best striker, best all-round striker in the world at the moment. In the world, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he seems to do well against Everton as as well. And you got to be wary. But he said, obviously, there's a problem there. If you put all your eggs in one basket and try and stop Kane, they've got other players as well who can. Yeah, Ericsson was so. the one who troubled us, wasn't it, at Goodison? Um, I think I think it's going to be a struggle, aren't it? I mean, I suppose as well going back to Wembley is. Have, you got, have they got an unfair? I know they talk about the disadvantage them playing at Wembley, but have they got an advantage that they play there every? They've started playing there every week now, and we're only going there once. If you know what I mean. Well, doesn't every club have that? No, no. But we've been to White Hart Lane, haven't yeah. we? I'm just trying to think. Yeah. You know, if you go, if you, I'm just trying to like reasons yeah. for excuses already. Yeah, here, like, you know. no, you said to Wembley. You said Wembley's one-off occasions. It was yeah. one-off occasion. For, I, I for personally us, think it will lift away teams okay. playing at Wembley, and in that case, it's a disadvantage okay. to Tottenham because it's special. You know, Chen Tosin making his debut at Wembley, he's going to think all oh, his you know Christmases and birthdays have come at yeah. once. Um, I think a lot of players, you know, will get a lift from playing there more so than they would do. White Hart Lane was an intimidating environment. You know, it's what we want to recreate in the new stadium. Yeah. You know, the, the play, you know, right on top of it. I love the press facilities at White Hart Lane because you're right behind yeah, yeah, the manager's yeah. dugout. You can yeah. see what's going on in the dugouts. You can't necessarily see what's happening on the pitch that clearly, which people will point out explains my player ratings. But yeah. um, you know, Wembley is completely different and completely anaesthetised. Yeah. Uh, and likewise for the fans, you know, you're too far from the pitch. I think maybe yeah. to influence the proceedings as much yeah. as you might do yeah. at White Hart Lane. It yeah. should it should lift opposition shouldn't it like say as a one-off but for players and supporters it's a big day out for them yeah. and as much as we don't like Tottenham using that as a club ground you know it is something special something different for them it's just cruelly ironic it's come the weekend after uh, Everton were knocked out of the FA Cup yeah I mean that's that's the big negative because we're going to have gaps in the fixture list now between now and the end of the season which is disappointing one at the end of February I think it's 10 days after the West Brom game before you know the next game at Goodison this but is this is where the, 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 the calendar's cock-eyed isn't it really that before Christmas you have massive groups of games together and then oh, you, get, you get into January, February it's a World Cup year isn't it so yeah, that, that's why yeah, that happens but you know what I mean yeah. but it happened 
It always happens, but a yeah. lot more this year. Two sets of midweek fixtures in pre-Christmas in December. Yeah, yeah. It, seemed, it did seem yeah. like they'd squeezed them in a bit strangely. But it's because it's because of the FA Cup replay weeks and then yeah. the Champions League, isn't it? That's what. what, what it seems like we do have another midweek one, don't we? Leicester is a midweek game. Yeah. Uh, in, in a couple of weeks' time. So go on. We always wrap these things up by getting the predictions how Christy wrong and deciding how you know what, how we're going to do at the weekend. So we're not going to break with tradition. We're going to uh, predict the results and no doubt get it wrong. Uh, go on, go on, Gavin. I'll, go, I'll turn to you first. How do you think we're going to do on on Saturday two? Uh, I think somebody said three one to Spurs before, and that sounds about right to me. But but but, but uh, I, I'm with you. I think our oh, new Turkish international. Well, but before I say, by the way, what yeah. is Turkish for? Do the business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Can I make the questions a bit easier? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with our new striker to score. Yeah, end on a positive note, but we we may end up on a defeat. Go on then, Chris. You next. I've, I shared Gab's reservations, and Everton never really seemed to get the rub of the green against Tottenham. It's been a real tough yeah. oh, yeah, fixture. Yeah. Traditionally, go on. I'll, I'll be more positive then and say a, a battling uh, one-all draw then with a game with a uh, and hopefully getting a debut goal. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be positive, uh, and I, I'm going to go for a draw as well. I think you know Spurs aren't as impregnable at Wembley as they were at White Hart Lane they're playing well you know admittedly and Harry Kane is an absolute force of nature but I'm just without any logic behind it I'm going to go for a one-all draw but Tosin there is logic behind that yeah, he, yeah. he will score from a Gilfie Sigurdsson set piece and, and make him history by scoring the first yeah, the first place to score on his debut at Wembley yeah. right we'll be back next week to reflect on what did happen at Wembley uh, join us Can do. Oh, that Lewis ball in. Chance for Rooney! He's back in!